Howdy, folks. I'm Jeff Gonzalez, former Navy SEAL, president of Trident Concepts, and host of the Bulletproof Workshop, powered by AR15.com, where we discuss knowledge, skills, and ability to help bulletproof your everyday performance in whatever your field or passion. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast 014. My next guest is a fellow frogman, and first to be on the show, by the way. Boom. Yeah. He put in his time downrange doing what he does best. After leaving the service, he parlayed his unique talents for motivation into successful enterprise. Hmm. He's been starred on he's been a star on several hit reality shows. The secret to his success, his brutal honesty, taking his hardships and lessons learned to help those in need. He's an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, movie star. Hmm. Got to throw that in there. Thank Father you. and fellow frogman, please welcome to the show, Ray Care. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. Thank you for taking the time. I really... No, thank you. Oh, no. no, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> but speaking of time, let's take a short break here to thank our sponsors. Folks, this show is sponsored by 1776 Insurance. We're talking about comprehensive firearms collection coverage. That also includes your accessories as well as knives. If you've got questions or you want to learn more, please visit 1776insurance.com. Make that long, awkward eye contact. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We're back on. <laughs> all right. Uh, first of all, it's great to have you on the show. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this for, for a while, man. This is, this is, uh, is going to be one of the ones that I really enjoy. Um, I like to start off on, like, you have created your own success mm -hmm. through all of your hardships, through all of those lessons learned and failures, but it had to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So let's start like where you grew up and childhood and yep. how that, how that started the molding process to put you in the position that you are in right now. Okay. So, uh, Ray cash care. I'm a half a decade old, which makes me 50, <laughs> um, or half a lifetime Spring old, chicken. if you will. Uh, Baltimore native, um, grew up in a, dysfunctional home. So you want to know where it all stems from. It stems from that. Uh, parents were divorced at a very young age. Uh, truth be told, my name is actually uh, Raymond Kerr III, not the junior. Uh, my brother died of crib death on 9-11, 1970. So oh. I can actually go and see my name oh, on a gravestone. It's creepy. I did it once. I won't do it again. Oh my God, that is weird. It is weird. It's it's creepy. I actually took my wife and she was just like, yeah, let's not do this again. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. But, you know, I think some of the greatest successors and successor us, because I'm, you know, you got to be politically correct. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what the proper word for that is. <laughs> is a lot so of it wrong. stems from pain. Yes. So I had a very painful childhood. And before I tell you about the different pains that I've suffered, what I've done, you know, you know, I've paired up with Bedros Koulian, um, one of my my mentors, my friends, my boss, my whatever, my my yang to my yang, is I have learned how to profit from pain. That's it. So, you know, in the teams, we always have equations for shit, right? We yeah. have acronyms. So for me, and some people agree, some don't, but pain equals growth, growth equals power, power equals knowledge, and knowledge equals profit. I have learned. Let's say that again, but slower. Pain equals growth. Like it. Growth equals knowledge. Okay. Knowledge equals power. Power equals profit. That is awesome. So all I've done is taken hardship, stuck it into the grinder, if you will, mm -hmm. and I have produced positive energy. So instead of case in point, you know, I had a bad childhood. I got addicted to drinking, drugs, and fighting. Instead of taking the easy road, which would have been jail or death, um, hmm. I decided to join the Navy 
I was, and I didn't have a lot of options. I mean, frogman to frogman, I fucking didn't have a lot of options. I was pretty much voluntold <laughs> I need to join the military, but truth be told, um, I'm not super book smart. Mm. I'm a kind of like hands-on guy, right? Yeah, I told yeah, you yeah. I want to stick my hand in your, your bowl here. Um, in, in my nuts. In my nuts. <laughs> uh, um, but took the ASVAB and bombed it. I mean, Dude. when I say bombed it, I just murdered it. Did they come over and check you for a pulse? Literally, I could have been, and this is what was horrible. <laughs> I could have been a cook in the Navy, a medic in the Navy, or literally I was going Marine or Army. I didn't okay. want to go Marine or Army, and I have nothing bad with to say about any other force there is. It just wasn't in my wasn't in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, because when I went into the recruiter, I saw this pamphlet because we didn't have these things called cell phones and internet when we were young. Right. Because you're like 100 years older than me, and I'm 50. <laughs> Boom, what? Just came. Um, but I saw this pamphlet on Navy SEAL. I think I know the one you're talking about. You know, about. and it was like they were bigger than life and it was this and that. And I literally looked at the recruiter and I said, and he was a shitty salesman. I said, this is what I want to do. And he said, you don't have the aptitude to do any of that. So I literally said, well, what would I need to do to become this? Nice. And he told me, you know, listen, the odds are stacked against you. And I said, listen, the odds have been stacked against me since the day I was born. Right. What do I need to fucking do to go there and give it a shot? And he told me. And what it took was um, I had to go to the regular Navy, which I did. I went undesignated, so I was a boatswain mate, right? I was right a, I was deck ape. I went I went to Great Lakes, um, and I'm going to tell you a story about something that's one of my biggest, uh, I guess, m- monuments that have happened to me since then. Um, remind me to tell you yeah. that. But I went to neutral duty. So everybody neutral went duty. sea duty yeah, yeah. or shore duty. Yeah. I went neutral duty. I'd go out on a boat during the day and come back. Huh. So I figured out real quick that the regular Navy was really fucking easy. All you had to do was show up early, do what you were told, and keep your uniform squared away. It, I mean, uh, that, that's that, it. That's that's and, not a lie. And the cream will rise to the top. Yeah. And I was that guy that did it. Um, I had to, and then I studied. I had to wait a year. No, it was six months. I had to wait six months to retake my ASVAB. Um <laughs> I took it again and I studied. Like I, I met a gentleman by the name of Y and One Conklin. I always give him credit. Love you, brother. And you know he gave me like the the ASVAB books to study, and I started doing some stuff. But it was all internal. As God is my witness, on my trident, I took it again and missed the collective score. You know the mathematics yep. are one point shy. Holy cow! So talk about a kick to the balls. You know I'm sitting there and I'm just like my world's over because I wasn't. I wasn't chasing ass. I wasn't doing, you know, I was really focused. Yeah. Um, everybody, everybody told me to give up on my dreams. My own mother, everybody. They're just like, it's not in the cards, not in the cards. And the one thing I have to give Bedros Cooley and credit for is for 45 years of my life, because of the pain and the suffering, I have done everything to prove people wrong. Right. When I met Bedros, and you know Bedros, when I met him, he said, he said, my dude, you know, he talks to me, he's big giant paw in his hand, <laughs> and he goes, you're doing it wrong. And I said, I understand, sir. He goes, stop doing shit to prove people wrong and start doing things to prove yourself right. Know your self-worth. St- stop self-sabotaging, right? So true, man. people that have passed and pain do that. And I was like, fuck, man. It was like a light switch came on. Like, where the fuck were you <laughs> 25 years ago, sir? Right? You know, and he's like, you know, I've been waiting for you and you've been waiting for me. So I got to give a big shout out to him. So back to the ASVAB, um, I'm sitting there in front of this guy and Lily, you know, I'm a grown ass man, like 20 years old, like in tears, oh, I mean, fucking just devastated. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you want to do? And I sat there for a minute and I didn't know. And I said, I need help. 
And he says, thank you. So let me help you. So he enrolled me in classes and, you know, like, and tutored me. Like, he didn't have to do this. So, like, I would get up in the morning and I would, you know, I train at 5.30 in the morning. Work would start at, like, 8 or whatever. I would do that. And then I was taking night classes. Wow. And I did this. So now, after the six months, I had to wait one year. Ooh. So it's one year doing this. I got accepted into the, the dive uh, program. So I was like a mud pup. So I helped with the hyperbaric chamber timekeeper, yeah. you know, the shit. And I literally was just... A glutton for punishment. Like my job was to just do all the dirty work, and you know yeah. they were teaching me and yeah. you know earning your keep. So sure enough, year comes around. I take the test again, and and Jeff, I fucking <laughs> I've known you for a long time. I'm standing in front of him. I can't remember what I had for breakfast two weeks ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. He's sitting there and he's reading, and I'm standing at attention. You know, I'm a fucking E two, E one. I don't know E two. Yeah, and he's an you know E six, uh, petty officer first class. And he's just, I mean, he's just, I'm sweating, man. Like I fucking stole something. And he says, <laughs> I think it was, you know, just semen apprentice. It was care because I had no rank. Care, how do you think you did? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. Mm. And it was just a pause. And he goes, well, you passed. Oh, right. He didn't even break. He didn't even break what he was doing. <laughs> and he says, do you have any questions for me? And I said, yes, I do. And he looked up at me and this is what he said. He goes, I know what you're going to ask me what your score was. And I said, yes. He goes, and I, I swear to God, this is one of the most impactful things I've ever heard. He goes, son, doesn't matter what your score was. It matters what you're going to do with the score that you got. To this day, he won't, I probably fucking just passed it with the minimum, but it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and I took, I took that advice and applied it to everything I do. Like in like perfect example, I'm not talented at anything. You know, we're sitting here at your studio. You've got some world-class athletes over there. Yeah. And they will literally destroy me. Yeah. But they'll know I was there because I've got heart. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think, I think that's a problem with society today is nobody has the fucking heart and the grit and the determination, yeah. the drive. And I can look across, and I know you got it, man, because yeah. I know what you've gone through. But most, and listen, I'm an equal opportunist. Men and he, she, shims, I don't give a fuck what you are. A lot of people just feel like they're entitled because they've had pain. And man, let me tell you what, I am a fucking, I am not a subject matter expert at growth. I'm a subject matter of pain because there are seven forms of pain that I feel a human being goes through in this life. I know Mr. Robbins has like 21 avenues, but there's, I have seven. I have six forms of growth, seven forms of pain. Let's do the growth first. Physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial. Mm. My growth. Now watch this, my pain. Physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, financial. Wow, that sounds fucking familiar. Yeah. But then sexual. Oh. So one out of every four, that's why I'm so passionate about these programs I run with Pedro's, one out of every four men in America have been inappropriately touched or molested. Just so happens I'm fucking one of them. Oh, wow. I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not, it's not a horrible story, but I was physically abused. And what I have done, my phone just vibrated, my nuts, it felt <laughs> awesome. Um, and what <laughs> I have timing. done... And it's Bedros of oh, all people. Fuck. And what I have done is just realized that number one, um, I can't, I can't change the past, right? Exactly. I can't. Like no. I, that's a demon, a toxic cognition. But what I can do is I can name, claim, and tame that motherfucker, and and show it respect, right? Like there are certain places I won't drive, or certain places I won't go, because it will trigger that mechanism of me being a child and the fear and the pain that I was wow. in. So instead of like, you know, you're a Navy SEAL, attack it. There are certain things that you're yeah. just not going to win. 
So I just, you know, I grad, there's things that I will go through, things I will go over, but there's certain things I will go around. Why Bedros cooling is so, why I keep talking about him so much and he's so instrumental in my life is he's teaching me that you don't have to fucking fight everything to beat everything, right? Yeah. Use your mind, just like we did in Budge, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it all stems, like my success, you said it stems from pain. Yeah. Most people, they avoid it. They make excuses for it. They bitch, they moan, they whine. I accept it. It happened. Yeah. You know, and I know, you know, you haven't had the best, the best life either, but it's not, like I said, I don't judge a man on what he's done or it's what he's, what he's doing and what he's going to do. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I have friends that serve time in prison for doing things. You know, yeah. Wes Watson's one of my very good friends. Okay. He made some stupid mistakes. Now he's, now he's making a difference. He's making an impact. So I think the world needs to accept more pain, but learn how to control it and fucking harness it and turn it into like positive energy. And that's what, that's why I get the privilege of sitting in, you know, these cool fucking studios <laughs> traveling around America doing cool stuff like this because I want people to know that if, if you've had shit in your life, yeah. you're not alone and you don't have, you don't have to be a fucking victim. You know, it's so funny. Um, it's not funny, but to hear you comment about some of this stuff is, it's, 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 it, it's, you know, it, it should help people or force people to reflect mm -hmm. on, on themselves. Yeah. And I think one of the things, and I learned this long ago is like, you can go through some really shitty things mm -hmm. and, and you can't control that. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Whatever happened, happened, you know, the loss of a family member, financial foreclosure, uh, or just what, what, you know, life throwing you a, 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 a you know, really shitty deck of hand or yeah. deck of cards, whatever you can't control any of that, mm -hmm. but you can control how you react to it. And that was something that I learned because I used to be just full of piss and vinegar. I'm still am a little bit, but you still got a little sad, <laughs> sass and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like oh, it comes out. But I mean, back in the day, man, I mean, shit, <laughs> just always. And it because every little thing would piss me off, and it took it took some time before somebody kind of like sat me down and was like, "Hey, hey, 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 you can get yeah, that shit sucks. Yeah, you got passed up. You didn't get this. You didn't do that. Whatever the case might be, mm -hmm. that's behind you. How you're gonna, you know, how you react to it right now is something you can control. Can't control that anymore. Got to let it happen. Got to got to go with it. But you can you can choose. Yeah." How to react? That's the word at the moment, and and that, that has been that has been a big and you see you know it sounds so simple. You can choose how to react. I mean, it's that simple, but it's not that easy. And I agree. And you know, the one thing that you I agree with is you know we're we're a little older. Warriors evolve, mm. right? We 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 change. Mm. And the one thing that I love about that is that uh, we change at different speeds. You know and. Um, I'm definitely a lot more calmer than, I mean, before <laughs> I just, you know, I was known for being a hothead, but I evolve. And I think the true evolution of a man, of a warrior, of a woman, of a female warriors, you have to evolve and you have to allow it to happen. But pain is part of that evolution, so right? So all of the emotions that we go through, um, and that's, what's so amazing about what we do, you know, because we have people like Bedros Koulian and Andy, Fr we just had this conversation and, and the Sean Whalen's. And, you know, you always hear them, we're in the business of of building motherfuckers, you know, up. 
I'm in the business of breaking motherfuckers down. <laughs> right? So I tell people like that, you guys can't do what you do without motherfuckers like yeah. me in the trenches. It's true. You know, same thing with you. I mean, yeah. you're on the range. You're breaking men down. Bad habits. Yeah. Seven points of performance. I was an instructor at the yep. farm. Um, and reprogramming them to do shit right. Yeah. Right? It's true. We have a gift. Yeah. It's easy to teach people how to do something once we've done all the, you know, I've learned right. all of the mistakes. Exactly. Like yeah. so, you don't go to a sniper school without learning the basic marksmanships of like you know here's a pistol, seven you know, grip stance, doing all that. Yeah. Understand the four safety. You know everything that you need to know. Yeah. Then once they they become proficient on the range, it's like okay, let's move you to an, let's move you move you to an AR platform. Now they're dialed in with that. Let's go farther and farther. Yeah, it's right? true. So, but it's motherfuckers like us that are in in the in the mud and the in the blood that are doing this. And you don't even have to be on the battlefield overseas. It can be with work. You know, we are taking people, and that's what I do. That's what I love. Why I want to get on here. You you teach people the fundamentals. You also teach advanced. I'm no, not. No, you know, I know cool. you can I, do. I know you can do all the fancy yeah. stuff too. But our true warrior has a vast spectrum of knowledge yeah. to teach the basic, right? Mm. The young warrior to the old warrior, or even. Yeah. Hey, old warrior, you haven't been doing it right. And that's what Bedros did to me. You haven't been doing it right. Yeah. And a true warrior, I, I love, I accept constructive criticism if it's given to me in a positive manner, right? Don't sure. embarrass me, you know? Yeah. I, you know. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because <clears throat> it, you said something just a second ago about, you know, teaching the, the basics and or, you know, and th then there's the advanced. And it just got me thinking real quick because there was a time when all I did was work with, you know, like the advanced side, the, the special operations community, both in law enforcement and military. <laughs> and I loved it. It was awesome. But I shifted my focus to a newer shooter, the beginners. Mm -hmm. And and I tell this to a lot of people that it is harder oh, yeah. to, to work with a beginner than it is to work with an advanced element, whatever that is. Pick your poison. Learning the piano, shooting a gun. Somebody that has a little bit or is an advanced, you know, elevated their game versus somebody that is starting out, teaching somebody that's starting out, working with them in that sense has taught me more about being an instructor than than working with all our guys. And it pushes you more oh as an instructor, too. I had a woman, at the, here you go, at the three-yard line who was shooting a silhouette, and she was shooting at the ground, and I literally, and she was a, a, a cis four for the agency, and I was like, just fucking throw your gun at it, right? <laughs> so, but what she was doing, right, mashing down the yeah. trigger. So, you know, especially with females, you know how it is. You're not supposed to have after-hour relationships, but she was old as piss. And so what I did is I sat her down with her red gun, and I sat her down in front of a, a table, and I put some books on it about about this high. Yeah. Put a thumbtack right down there. Oh, nice. I said, mash on that trigger. Boom, ow. Oh, she came by the next day. She looked like fucking Cagney Lacey. Oh, doom, 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 I love doom, doom, it. Doom. That's a great but, one. But here's the thing. When you're teaching advanced, right, Advanced explosive, uh, dynamic room entries. If you're teaching, you know, basic stuff, you know, advanced stuff that you're doing, right? Sometimes that just that falls into the way because you already assume they know that. But when you yeah. teach someone new, I love teaching new people, Me especially too. when the when you see the light come on or the growth start. It's so 100%. fucking rewarding. One hundred percent. I thought, like, I thought I was in this business to work at that upper echelon. I thought I was. And it took me getting a chance to work with newer shooters and seeing that exact expression mm -hmm. or hearing a comment or them calling me or emailing me later to explain something. And like there's no like I've had plenty of the um, 
soft guys that have called me up or emailed me and said, hey, dude, you know, like what you showed me saved my life, saved my team's life. And that's super rewarding. Mm -hmm. When when you have somebody that is, you know, in a difficult spot, single mom, yep. uh, maybe they're, they're just got they, they've got a challenges in their environment, whatever it could be. Yeah. And they come back at you and they tell you that they feel comfortable, confident, empowered. Uh, that they can take control of their lives and move in a positive direction. I'm like, wow. Okay, that's, that's what it's about. It is. It truly is. And that's a hard. Like the first time that happened to me, I was like, ah, this is. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to not acknowledge it, but I didn't know how to respond to it. Yeah, embrace it. it, it it's it, tough. Man. It, it it's, really is because yeah. you realize, holy shit. Okay. And that's one of the things that I valued so much about my position is that there, are, um, there's a lot of people that are putting themselves on a vulnerable situation by coming and training with me. And I never, I never give, I, you know, I always treat that delicately. I always treat that with the respect that it deserves because I get one chance at trying to help them. If I screw it up, that's it. We're now done. on the, on the flip side of that, there's been a couple of times I've trained some people. Where I'm oh like, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I've had my, I've had my fair you know. share. That's, that's true. My, I've had my fair share. Um, so you came from a troubled childhood Yes. and that puts you on the path to failing your ASVAB twice, passing it with the understanding. I really love the way that guy approached that. It doesn't matter what your score was. What matters is what you do with it. And now. you know me. I'm not smart enough to make something that cool up, right? So no. you know that's I, not like I'm something. I was like, how can I that, say something cool? To fucking <laughs> I podcast? need to make this, you know, less yeah. dramatic. No, but, but but that's that right there is <clears throat> that is incredibly significant because. He shifted your focus away from something that didn't matter anymore to something that does matter. Yep. And that that to me is like I had that, you know, like, you know, if you, you, you that's the thing. It's like trying to stay focused on what matters. And that's a hard thing for me a lot of times because I'm like, you know, squirrel and I'm gone. You know, but it takes me it takes a lot of discipline for me to stay focused on things and that like focusing you in the right new direction. OK, so you made the you made this you made the grade. Don't worry about it. Now focus on the next chapter of your life, which is getting orders to buds. And it took me years, years and years and years, because I always wanted to know that score. <laughs> Till I finally, like I said, I evolved. I matured where it, he's right. It's like the score doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm the guy that showed up with Buds Class 200 and graduated yeah. with Buds Class 200. Um, and I honestly think. That was the easy class, right? That was an easy class. <laughs> Yes, 155. It's <laughs> just so you guys know, this guy joined the fucking Navy when he was 12, okay? He's like five years or four years older than me, and he went to Bud's like 20 years before me. doesn't make sense. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, sorry. That's an inside joke for all you yeah, yeah, men yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, but um, I just, it took me so long to understand that, and it's happened a few times in my life. Like, Pedro's cooling and hiring me. Yeah. Like, I know that I wasn't, I know there, uh, you know, I wasn't the only seal that he interviewed. Oh. But somehow I got the fucking job, and I asked him what what put me over the what put me, you know, in your good graces. He's like, it's it's because I know what you're gonna do because I I will I'm I out I outwork when you don't have talent. All yep. you have is hard work. That's you know, it, and he said it to That's me because you have no fucking talent. <laughs> But you are loyal and you are hardworking and I you're can work honest. with that. And that's that's because power. You know, I break down, you know, we do our, a lot of our, our programs and I break down the word team, trust, effort, attitude, mission. It's not together. Everybody accomplishes more. You put a hundred blind men in a room and we put a thumbtack up there and you, they're not going to find it. Yeah. But trust the process, trust in yourself, trust in like you know, your brothers, effort. Um, 
I don't believe in 100%. I believe in everything you have and then more. You know, 100%, yeah. I hate that. I hate people capping out numbers. Give me yeah. 100%. Yeah. What does now that really you hear mean? the bullshit. Give me 110%. Give me everything you got and give me more. Yeah. Right? I like that. Uh, one of the things I love that Goggin says, and I agree with him, is I think we run on 60 or 40% and we have so much. The fuel is only gone when you're dead. I That's honestly true. believe that, yeah, right? I agree. Um, so, and then attitude. I honestly got hired. Bedros told, told me you get hired because of your effort and your attitude because nothing will open or close a door faster in any form of fashion of your life than a good or bad attitude. And mission is the six forms of growth, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial. Um, but I did tell Bedros in my interview, like, you know, we had a lot in common with our childhoods, but I told him, I'm not the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. I'm not going to make you the most money. He went, whoa, stop. <laughs> He's like, I know you work for Bob Pittman, founder of MTV, but that shit ain't going to work with me. I said, but no one will outwork me. No one will be more loyal. And I swear to God, I told him, and I will bring the lime and the shovel, no fucking questions asked. And you know, Bedros, he reached over with that big palm and said, you're hired. And oh, I, was like, I love it. Oh, that's And then awesome. I was like, now what? You know, now what? He goes, now we're going to make a, an impact in the world. And that was about three and a half years ago. And I mean, awesome. I fucking love it. But same thing with him. He's a gazillionaire entrepreneur who's come from a lot of pain. And he's like, listen, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing it as fast as I can. I did have Tim Kennedy just make me a cup of this coffee. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Um, well, he so, opened. He he also opened my Topo Chico. So you know. Yeah, Tim Kennedy is <laughs> is my bitch. No, I'm kidding. Oh God, I'm gonna die. Cut that out. God damn, will kill me. <laughs> I'm actually at his facility. I'm gonna die. Um, just oh, kidding, Tim. You're my friend. <laughs> um, okay, so how was your experience at Buds? I fucking loved it. I, I fucking yeah. loved it. I mean, Hell Week sucked because I was in a Smurf crew. <laughs> and I had I had Redmond, Jamie Monroe, um, who were two turds, and I absolutely love them, and three fucking Singaporeans that were useless as a third nipple. And they used to, here you go, Fong, NG, and like Woong, or whatever the name was. And what they used to do is they used to act like they didn't speak English. Like when we like dump it, they can't like, get to America. Oh, they can't. I do not understand. And then as soon as they leave, they're like, we showed those bitches. I was like, <laughs> so yeah. true story here. One time we're, um, <laughs> I still think Redmond was the senior man. This is when he was enlisted. But we had to do the dump boat drill. Oh, right? yeah. So it's freezing. You know, it's like February and people don't think California is cold. Suck my balls. It is. <laughs> so we're the shortest crew. And like me and Jason are getting ready to flip the boats. And the Singaporeans want to do the old chem light drill well we're also oh my god but we're also fucking short that it doesn't look it's like a chem it's light. Like, it doesn't make sense right so anyway let me let me explain this to, yeah, the, explain to the audience to okay so a dump boat first of all is a drill that the instructors would have the students do you take your boat out past the surf zone um you end up it's it's to simulate having to uh purge the boat of water that got into the boat and what you basically do is everybody gets out, so everybody's got to get in the water. So if you were dry or getting dry, you're wet again. And then you got to turn the boat upside down to dump it. And then you got to turn the <laughs> boat back up and get back in the boat. And you can't lose any of your paddles or any of your gear. So at night, to do night operations, the instructors have us put chem lights. So the idea by by members of your boat crew was we'll fool the instructors by just making an arc with this Kim like you ain't full shit yeah dude let me tell you <laughs> as an instructor is like just like we were pay- placing bets which boat crew was going to try to fuck you know oh, yeah. to fuck around so anyhow that was the that was their their idea was instead of getting in the water and that's the thing that sucks about a dump boat drill is you oh. just get dry oh. and then you're wet again and, and you're people like, don't understand that no. I mean it's to the bone oh man but anyway Mike Mayer nightmare I know Mike <laughs> 
Mike Mayer would used to go around on that kayak. Yep. He's the one that would take the dive tables, pull out as you know what, and piss on him and go, you're going to die tonight, right? Back when you could threaten to kill people. But anyway, the Singaporeans were like, no, we do it, we do it. And they're not, not even whispering, right? Yeah. So, like, their Singaporean voices are just, like, cracking through the, the dead air. It's so dark. It's so and quiet at night. All I do, finally, like, I look at Redmond and, and Monroe. Monroe is, like, sleeping. He doesn't even care. So I take my, you know, we had to wear the, because remember, Courtley cracked his head open. This That's was after right. you guys. You guys didn't yeah. do him. But we had to wear protects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just literally <laughs> took the paddle and I went, oh, wang. And I hit, I hit NG right in his head, like, as hard as I could. <laughs> And then, remember, now we're sleep deprived, you know it, we haven't slept, we haven't eaten, and all of a sudden I hear out of the darkest, Care Bear, stop killing the Singaporean. And I thought it was like God, I'm like, what the hell? And it was Mike Mayer. But, From the kayak. So he swims up to us and he makes us dump boat three times. And dumping boat is not easy because to get the boat over, takes it's like a team effort to lift the boat. Pulling your legs out. Yeah, oh. you, you don't understand like what it really takes to do it. Like I remember in first phase going through it and like, oh, dumping boat, that sounds like that's an easy evolution. That sounds fun. Yeah, fuck, yeah it's going to get in the water. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, and then, of course, when the water is. And, and what you don't realize is that you don't get all the water out of the boat. You know, when you do this, it doesn't get yeah. all out. So you still have to try to, like, lift the boat with more water in it. So, oh, God, that's hilarious. It's uh. just, it's it literally is just a night of just, like said, people always ask me, what's Bud's like? I'm like, just open your legs if you're dude. Let me kick you in the balls as hard as I can <laughs> for six months of Bud's training. And to the point where, like, Tom Bostic, you know, you know Tommy, he was like, I'd rather get kicked into balls than do this. He, he, you just get so accustomed to it. But, I, I remember when I went back as an instructor and I got the chance to, uh, you know, to like roll reverse, um, you know, when I, and I just kind of like, you know, you, you know, <clears throat> to some to some extent, it's a game. Yeah. Right. And it's, uh, you know, for those would be candidates that are going to buds. What I mean by it's a game is that, um, you know, there are certain things that happen in, in that scenario to. It's just a filter. That's all yeah. it really is. It's just one giant filter for six months. It's the long, one of the longest filters you'll ever go through. Mm. And what I remember as back when I was a Buds instructor was like, oh, my God, was I that stupid? Was I that dumb when I was a student? You were. I was. So was probably, I. Probably even dumber, you know. But, God, oh, man, it was so much fun. Like, it was a good – that was a good way to kind of, like, think about it like a before and after of sorts. Well, and then put it in, a, in reference or symbolism of life. It's like I have a son, right? He's done a lot of dumb shit. And I always catch them, just like they catch us. You know why? They did the same stupid it's, shit. It's like, yeah, I did it. I know exactly what to expect. And, yeah, you're busted. Like, if we had civilians doing it, we could get away with murder. Yeah. But the stuff that we do, like dump boat. Like, I literally, I, and it was Jason Redmond said, he goes, dump boat. We're fucking three feet tall. Really? The other, you know, the chem, like, the boat is like, when you tilt it over, it's like five and a yeah. half or six feet. He's like, it's not going to work. Like, Nobody's and and literally, you know, I was of sound mountain, you know. Jamie Monroe's laying there just sleeping, saying, whatever you want to do. And the Singaporeans, no, no, we do, we do. And I'm like, we got hammered, dude. I mean, <laughs> that was what was so great. I loved, um, I know back to the question, Buds, because I had a, my, bur my boat crew sucked dick. Um, <laughs> we just sucked. The Smurf crew, we got, I lost 16 pounds in Hell Week, man. Oh, we Jesus. lost everything. Um, oh, and I blame everybody in my boat crew but me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know what's so funny? When I went through Hell Week, 
I had to during mid rats. I had to take extra <coughs> an extra tray of food. The instructors would make me eat more food. You just because you're burning up. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was crazy. And what's funny is they put the entire class in the lean and rest until I ate the ate second it. tray. And I, dude, I'm like, I already have a big tray because that was the thing too. The instructors would go through the line and put the food on my yeah. tray because I'd be like, I'd only put like one, two, three things because I knew what they were gonna do. Right. I'll, the, my first tray is gonna be light because I know the instructor's gonna give me a second tray is gonna be full. And, dude, I would have to sit there. Remember those pancakes? Oh, yeah. You know, I'd have to, like, roll it roll up. Them. And I'd have to, like, oh, I can't. Like, I'm trying to. St- I'm so, like, I couldn't even put the fucking K-Pock back on sometimes. It was so, <laughs> so fucking big. And, uh, like, I just, like, I remember that was torture to me. That yeah. extra Midrats meal literally killed me. And, I, like, and we got, like, I'm sure they kind of saw me doing this after a while. But I would be, like. The guys would be like, "Hand me some of your food. Hand me some of your food," because we're getting yeah. they're they're in the lean and rest until I finish yeah. that plate. So I'd be like, like sticking like you remember how you would get food to your dog and yeah. the t- you know your pass all your your vegetables to your dogs. So that's what I was doing. I was passing food to my boat crew, and they would pass it to everybody else. So they were in the lean and rest, just handing food left and right to everybody in the line. Oh, that was a that's a memorable thing. It's funny because some things pop back into my mind just like that. Like, I don't know, just some, it just popped yep. back into my mind when you started talking about, oh, my God, I remember this. This was terrible. Other things I can't remember unless something triggers them. That's that's how it works. I have to be looking at a frog man talking about it. Yeah. Because, so, shit, I listen to Rob O'Neill's podcast. He he acts like he went through Budge yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> how, how the, the fuck, fuck do you remember you that? that shit, Rob? <laughs> um, Sean Brennan's the same damn way. He uh, went through Buzz like four times. He's oh, like, Jesus. Of course he remembers Buzz. He yeah, went through I, it four I was going to say, you, 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 you mastered it. You mastered that. All right, so. You get through buds. Yep. You had an easy class, so they they they, they gave Fuck it to you. you. <laughs> I went through the CLEP course. It was the accelerated course. It was only three days long. All right. So you get to the teams. Yep. Uh, how was your experience in the teams? It was good. You know, it was a uh, new guy. Uh, a lot of uh, learn fast, shut the fuck up quick. Totally. Uh, totally. Get your ass whooped in the platoon. Um, no war hero on the teams. I didn't do a whole lot in teams. I don't. Just just wasn't a lot going yeah. on. Um, but I, I wouldn't trade it in for anything. I know, man. Um, you know, there's guys that have been a lot more fortunate, but you know, I mean, I got a book coming out talking about everything nice. except being a Navy SEAL. Cause, um, I didn't do a whole lot of teams, but it was definitely, it's a huge part of my life. You right know, on. It's something that I, you know, you look across the room and like, I know exactly what you went through and you know exactly what I went through. I just did it better than you. Um, but, <laughs> kid, but, um, you know, we have that bond, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. um, did that for about. Well, I was in the Navy for 12 years. I was in the teams for about eight and change. Um, and then I moved over to the agency. Nice. So I did, I was a firearms instructor. I did GRS and I did uh, Spagil, the Zero Dark Thirty bullshit. Yeah. Um, for about 14 years. Got busted up a couple times, blown up a couple times. Um, and it was time, you know, I was actively seeking employment elsewhere, right? Because yeah. you know as well as I do, being yeah. gone all the time takes its toll. Dude. On the family. I mean, like I said, and I was, I was kind of. It seemed like I was circling back, almost going back to my childhood with the pain and the arguments and this and that. And I had to oh, find man. something else. Um, and lo and behold, um, Jason Redman, myself, Brent Gleason, another team guy, ah, you know, yeah, Brent, yeah. um, and a couple, and uh, we were asked to do this event down in Miami. Um, and the two main speakers were Bedros Koulian and Brad Lee. Um, both Brad Lee owns, um, oh shit. He, it's like a interactive platform. Uh, I'll remember what it's called, but you know, like Tony Robbins using it. He's oh, another, okay. Okay. um, great dude. Um, and I was like the opener for the opener of the opener of the opener for Bedros. <laughs> right. So, but, 
um, tr- truth be told, uh, the night before him and I met, um, we just kind of started talking. We had, it was, you know, it's like synergy, right? We just yeah, yeah, got yeah. along. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about this is just, you know, when you just meet someone, it was like when I met my wife, we could just talk about anything. We were talking yeah, about, dude, we had a time, lot man. of similarities in our yeah. past. We both had a lot of pain. Next thing you know, the stunt man's come out. I'm snorting a snort, drinking a tequila, rubbing the lemon in my eye. <laughs> and we had about a two hour conversation, serious, funny, laughing, a lot of emotion. And I don't know, it was like something brought us together. Yeah. And he said, hey, everything is my dude. My dude, um, I'm going to listen to you speak tomorrow, but I want you to listen to the last 10 minutes of my speech. Oh. I said, Roger, he goes, I think it really pertains to you. And he's a very powerful speaker. So, you know, obviously we're in work mode. So I said, yes, sir. Um, truth be told, you know, I spoke. He liked it. Gave me a lot of, when I met Bedros, you know, it was over with. I said, hey, how'd I do? He's like, you're a great speaker. And I went, Really? Only the second time I've spoke. So, and I told him, I said, that's the, you know, the input you're giving me. I said, dude, you're a fraud. He goes, oh, wait, you want me to be honest? And uh. I said, yeah. And he goes, it was like someone just loaded the Tommy gun. <laughs> but instead of getting upset about it, I yeah. said, hold on. And he gets, I hit record. Yeah. Tell me what I did wrong. Yeah. So I think that was the first thing that he liked that a Navy SEAL could actually take constructive criticism from someone that's not a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And then when he was speaking, Jeff, as God is my witness, I had a fucking piss so bad. I was in my suit and tie. Remember, I still remember it. My blue suit with my American flags inside. I was drinking a lot of water. I just got back off deployment. So pumping a lot of shit through the body. I was yeah. big back then. You know, yeah. we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, but as he <laughs> was speaking, he was like here and I was on the backstage because I really was like taking notes and stuff. Man, when I tell, I mean, my teeth were floating. I couldn't hold anymore. So as he's finishing up oh. and he comes off stage. I've literally got my dick out and I'm pissing in a bottle and he walks up to me. Right. And he's not laughing. He just walks up and I'm like, because you know, it's bright. And all of a sudden he sees me. He's like, dude, he's like, why are you pissing in a bottle? And this is, this is what I think started the whole, the whole rope. I call it the bromance with him. I said, sir, because he told me when you speak, you can look for people. I mean, now for me, this was huge. It was like a thousand people for him. It's like a fucking joke. So I'm like sitting up there like cricket scared shitless. And he's, I knew he was looking for me. And I said, imagine if you were to scan that audience not seeing me. And then when I got off stage, you got off stage, you didn't see me. He goes, well, I see you now. <laughs> All and, of you. And he said, so that's why, because he said the bathroom's right there. I said, well, that's why I'm pissing right here. I wanted you to be able to see me doing this. And I physically couldn't hold my urine anymore. So I <laughs> close it up. I said, hey, great job. He's like, go fucking wash your hands. Um, <laughs> and this is what I want people to understand. This is how pain comes into it is. He told me, I really like you, dude. Like, everything is my dude. That's what he says to you. He goes, I'd like you to come out because you told me, you know, I used to work with Rob Roy and I used to work with oh, Don Shipper. Rob. Yeah, Rob. Um, and he said, I want you to come out and train my my team. I said, okay, I could do that shit, you know? So I met Matt Schneider. He was teaching, like, um, airsoft tactics and stuff like that. And he was a SWAT guy, hostage negotiator. And I said, you know, I... And I wanted to do that. But he goes, I want you to teach my team how teamwork, problem-solving, leadership, communication, all the shit that we do. So his daughter, Chloe, at the time was a little younger. I think she was like 12. And we have a 200-pound rectangle log because you can't roll a fucking rectangle. Oh, no. So F-laid, defilade, incline, decline for all you non-military types. So what I did was she had to roll this, this thing from cone to cone, which was about 15 feet. I said, Chloe, right, I gave her all the drills, so I need you to do this. I want you to think out of the box. I sent a, I sent a picture of my daughter, Nyla. Instead of trying to pick this thing up, she was just 
pushing it, right? Like not ass over tea kettle, just rolling it, right? Short yeah. side. Yeah. So she said, okay, Mr. A, and she did it. So she got down there, and I said, hey, listen, you got about 30 seconds to do it. So he gets down there. I start the clock. She does it in like 29 seconds, and everybody's wow. hooting and hollering, right? Mom and dad are going crazy because it's 200 pounds. She's getting yeah. muddy. And I'm like, holy shit, this is either going to be an epic epic or it's going to be an epic failure, yeah. an epic victory. So when we get there, everybody starts cheering. And I said, Chloe, I want to explain something to you in life. Life's going to throw you curveballs, and it's not going to be what it's made up to be. And a lot of times, life is going to cause pain mm. and trauma and turmoil and chaos. And she just looks at me because she's like 12. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> what are you but, saying to me, sir? So I said, here's what I want you to do, sweetheart. And mom and dad are right there. Like, Bedros is like right there, like, you know, pop a cub ready, trying to figure this shit out. I said, sweetheart, I need you to do what you just did, but I need you to do it faster. And I said, but come here, I want to show you something. So I explain incline, decline. You understand that you just went down a hill. She's like, yes. So I need you to go up the hill. She goes, you need me to go up the hill faster. I said, yes, ma'am. So what do you have to do? She's smart, man. Like, Bedros' kids are, like, super smart, and so is he and his wife. So she looks at the log. She looks at the cone. She does this a couple times, and a light pops on. She goes, well, do what you told me. Just do what I did, but just do it better. Can you do that, sweetheart? And go. Two seconds faster. Wow. So not only did she do that right, I'm like, you know, Navy SEALs, I'm, I'm the greatest. Right, <laughs> right on. But anyway, when it was over with, I see Bedros' wife, him and Di, talking. I knew, I knew I had the goods. <laughs> so anyway, you know, they, they, they flew me out first class, put me in a hotel. They treated me well, you know, paid, gave me a little money. And I said, Hey, this was, I hope this was awesome. It's what you want. He goes, yeah, it was. And when I landed, I had a voicemail from Bader's. Hey, my dude, I want you to call me. I want to offer something to you. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, because I knew. Sorry, I cut that out. No, um, but I was so excited and nervous, and that's what started the process. And he said, "You were you were genuine," and he goes, "I think you're the only person that's gone through as much, if not more, pain than me, and you've learned the secret, and that's how to channel the pain yeah. into something profitable. And profitable, what I want, and I'm looking at the, everybody on here. It doesn't mean a monetary standpoint. It doesn't sure. always mean money, right?" Yeah. You know, I see people that are always investing in their jobs, but most people don't invest in themselves. If you invest so in your true. job, you're going to make a living. If you invest in yourself, you're going to make a lifetime. And so that's powerful. what people need to do. But you need to, like when I do the project, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, one of my programs, I tell people, I make people fill out a seven-day survey, seven-day survey, right? I don't get religious, but if from what I hear, the big Lord made it made it in seven days, you can fill something out in less than seven days. Yeah. But I don't want to know what's great with Jeff Gonzalez. Don't tell me all the accomplishments. And I know you've got awards and blah, you know. Yeah. Tell me about the pain, the struggle, yeah. the journey. Because what I tell human beings is the more we know, the more we grow. Right? Yeah. And I'm gonna use two words here and this is gonna shut you down because men, there's two words, two letters that people don't like in the world. I want you to see this. For women, it's the C word. Mm. For men, it's the V word. Men is vulnerable. Yeah. Women is creative. Don't think I would use that other word. <laughs> I did. I spoke at all women's event. Did that? My wife's jaw dropped. Oh, I was yeah. like, creative. But <laughs> where was your head at, ladies? But as far as men, because I run men's courses, and the reason why I run men's courses is simply this. You know my wife Trisha. Yeah. I've been married for seventeen years. I know your girl, and this is what she'll tell you. I don't know jack shit about women. <laughs> I don't. I mean. Men as a whole, we really don't. Yeah. Right? We're a different species. We're For built sure. different. We're wired different. 
but I do know men and I do know boys and I do know men that go through pain. So the first thing I tell all these guys is, listen, don't tell me how much money you make and how great of a shot you are and how great your hair looks. And cause that's what I get all the time. I'm like, this is bullshit. Be vulnerable. Mm. Right. And I think when men become vulnerable and they accept the V word into their vocabulary, then all of a sudden the pain starts seeping out. Yeah. And then what we do in our courses is there are, there are men, all men have a strength and they have a weakness. So what, you know, superpower kryptonite, what I like to say is mentor or be mentored. So our group focuses, if you're good at something, men will be drawn to you like a moth to a flame. Like, hey, Jeff Gonzalez can teach me how to fucking shoot. He can teach me how to move. He can, teach me, right? Boom, boom, boom. But if you have a negative, let's say one of your pains is I was physically abused as a child and I have a hard time accepting it. Well, maybe I would be drawn to you from that because that's happened to me. Yeah. So... My courses are developed to give advice, not opinions. Let me explain the difference. My father was murdered when I was 11. Whoa. It fucking sucked. I had a guy. I'm sorry to hear that. I appreciate it, but you know what? It may be the man I am. Everything happens. My wife tells me this all the time, and I like, <laughs> everything happens for a reason. And until I met her, I thought that was the biggest load of bullshit man, I've ever Man, I can't. I like, say this. Maybe. She says that like, you know, like <sighs> AC breaks down and it's 200 degrees out. Everything happens for a reason. Like, are you shitty? I'm, I don't say that to her, but I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, right? So, um, but my oh, point God. to this is, I know, I know, is a guy t- tells me, he's like, man, I know what you're going through. And I got, I get serious about certain things. Like I told you, we don't speak about my mother and my father was murdered. And I said, so your father was murdered at a young age? No, he died when he was 80. And I looked at him, I said, motherfucker, you don't have a clue what you're talking about, right? So case in point, um, that would be like if I wasn't Navy SEAL, me giving you tips on becoming a Navy SEAL when you're Navy SEAL. Do you really want to hear that? Yeah. Like, I don't even think, no offense, we've both been firearms instructors, I don't really think there's even anything I could tell you. I mean, maybe if I read something new, but otherwise you'd be like, right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but people need to understand the difference between an opinion and advice. And what I'm looking for in life to help me deal with the pain is advice. I don't sure. give a shit about your opinion. Like, I get guys, my son wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I love my son, but he's a dumb motherfucker. He was talking to a kid who wasn't even in the Navy who was thinking about being a SAR swimmer. I'm like, but he didn't want to talk to me. Yeah. You know? And I don't get it. And that's what a lot of people, everybody's got an opinion about something. And it usually is just full of shit. Man, I, you know, it's so funny to hear you say that. When, um, and I love how you put it, the opinion versus the the advice. People will look at opinions as if they are valuable. Yeah. And they're not. They're not. They're not. I, I, I mean, that that probably is going to butthurt a lot of people. Your opinion is not valuable. But I will say this. If you can take your opinion and you can restructure it so it has value, yeah. now it becomes advice. Yeah, you have to have a hall rep. You have to have, you know, it has to have street cred, if yeah. you will, right? Like, yeah. it, there, There's more to just being able to, you know, run your, your pie yeah. hole. But that's what I, you know, like, like I have a similar issue with my sons, you know, and I, you know, like I'm, I'm at that point where now I, I, you know, I will only try to frame stuff so that it is advice and not give them my opinion. Like, you know, back in the day, you say, you want my opinion? And of course their response was no. I'm like, well, you're getting it anyhow. Yeah. But now I try to frame it in the sense of, you know, I can give you some advice on this. Yeah. 
you know, and, and my and the reason why I feel like that's working better is because it's 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 not criticizing them. Yeah. An opinion typically criticizes somebody like, oh, my God, you do it that way. Well, let me give you my opinion on that. Yeah. But advice. Like, and if everybody has the same end goal, which I assume everybody has the same end goal, which is to better themselves. We hope. And, and that's my yeah. that's what I assume. Then that's why the advice, I think, is more valuable. So I love hearing that because that to me is like strong. That's like that's like medicine right there. Big yeah. medicine. And and I think the reason I mean I've been climbing up the ranks pretty quick with, you know, social media and blah blah yeah, blah. Without which a doubt. Doesn't mean jack shit to me. Um, but becoming successful, right? So before I explain, because people are sitting here saying, Oh, Navy SEAL thinks he's successful. <laughs> success my definition of success is helping others help themselves because you've helped yourself. Without so, a doubt. So that's my so I think the reason why I am and there's no there's no in between with me. You either love Ray Cash Care or you fucking hate me because <laughs> I don't sugarcoat anything. And it's yes. because time is the most precious commodity we 100%. have. Um, and I don't have time for bullshit. Like, Dude. And like case in point, if you and I have a disagreement about something, and again, I know who I'm talking to, situational awareness and respect are key. So yeah. it would be like, hey, Jeff, do you have a second? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to break our six feet rule, keep a little distance depending on situations. Hey, Jeff, listen. <laughs> We're alone. Look around. Situation awareness. I'd like to address this, this, this. This is what I feel like you're doing wrong, and this is the solution that I think we do. This, this, this. Yeah. Versus going, hey, Jeff, in front of people. What the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. that is, like, to me, is what a lot of society is doing wrong now. They don't understand the proper approach to do things. Even And, and a lot of people stem from it where... You know, they've been scarred and they've been this and they've been that because of childhood pain or past pain or this or that. You can't let the past dictate who you are or who you're going to be. Because if that were the case, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. I wouldn't be a Navy SEAL. I wouldn't be married to a woman I have no fucking business being with. I wouldn't have two great kids. I wouldn't have a high paying job. And I want to make something very clear to everybody on these podcasts. Everybody thinks I make fucking millions of dollars because we charge a lot of money. I don't. I make about as much as a fucking E9 in the Navy. So he knows what that is. It's not, I mean, tax-free, yeah. but yeah, it's good money, but yeah. it's not what you motherfuckers yeah, think. Yeah. Um, I work for a boss man too, but that's what needs to happen in this world. And it pisses me off. Everybody, like, the thing that pisses me off more than anything right now is social fucking media. Mm. Social media. But everybody's like, wait, you could be making so much money. I refuse to be fake on social media. Any video that you see on my Instagram that's edited is done from Bedros's people. Nice. I don't edit bullshit. I don't yeah. edit anything. And listen, I'm not digging on Jock. I love Jocko. I, I don't get up and take a picture of something at 4 o'clock in the morning. If I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning working out, I hit I hit uh, live feed and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Not. I mean, I know Jocko's a badass and he yeah, does yeah. it, but I do things my way. I don't sugarcoat things yeah. and I don't give a fuck. I tell people this right now. I'm going to be misunderstood yeah. because like, I'm evolving, man. Yeah. I fucking... I, have a thirst for fucking knowledge and wisdom mm. and I have so much fucking pain in this fucking tank of mine. Yeah. It's just oh it's seeping out. Yeah. So I just use it. Well, you know what's so interesting too is like I think the value of hey, um time is my greatest commodity. It's yes. my most precious commodity. And my greatest adversary. Yeah, without a doubt. It's quick it's it's definitely not on like I'm I'm past the halfway mark now. Way past the halfway you mark. You ain't shit, and you look it too, <laughs> motherfucker. I thought you were like 60. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to get banned off this fucking podcast. Look, Not at all. Look, he's even fucking laughing. He's shaking his head. 
how much older does he look than me? Look at me. I'm 50. You're 54 or 5. Yeah. 50. Yeah. Yeah. Look at him. <laughs> he looks like my father. <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, God damn it. It was a good point, too. I can't remember. All right. We'll move on. We'll move on. That was my bad. Yeah. No, no. It's good because, I. It's, first of all, part of me wanting to do this podcast, the, the podcast, not just you podcast, is I want to have fun. I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy it. I want to I want to enlighten and enrich people's lives through a lot of different mediums, one of which is laughter. Yeah. Humor, comedy. So, yeah, we're we're checking that box without a doubt. Uh-huh. Quick word from our sponsor. We've been working with the folks at 1776 for comprehensive insurance of our firearms collections and um, I'm really happy with how things are going so far. And one of my concerns is with the amount of commuting that I do with my firearms collection, um, what happens should my vehicle be broken into or stolen with my firearms. And there's reason to have this concern because there's 800,000 vehicles stolen per year in America. So it's not, you know, it's it's a little bit more common than what we might think. What I mentioned earlier is that they have a comprehensive insurance plan, which is that they will cover your firearms stolen out of your vehicle or should your vehicle be stolen, cover the firearms that were in the vehicle. So that's pretty, you know, pretty reassuring in a sense. So I've mentioned this before, but the process to apply is pretty easy. Uh, approval is pretty quick. They do not require you provide a itemization or serialized numbers. There's no appraisal or schedules that you have to provide. So really all you want to do is just make sure you have proof of ownership and that's it. So if you want to learn more about the folks from 1776 and insuring your firearms collection, visit 1776insurance.com. All right. So, um, when you joined up with Bedros, what, what about what time period? You said about three and a half years ago? Uh, 2019. I left Kabul in 19 when the explosions were happening. Wow. Um, I just missed the big one by the gate. I was actually driving the Koss out. Wow. But, which you know what that is, but most people don't. Anyway, the, uh, the the chief of the agency I was in charge of, who was a team guy, I'm not going to say his name, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Bedros and I had been talking. We originally were going to start in November, but it started in January. And after that explosion happened... I'm fully transparent with my wife. I know guys are like, oh, you shouldn't be telling your wife that. But, you know, me and my wife have an amazing relationship. I was actually in the chow, chow hall when it blew up in fucking 0405 in Missoula. Oh. And Tom Rochoff, right? Yeah. Um, Rat was is the godfather of my kids. And back then, you didn't have like a lot of phone calls and shit like that. So I would let my wife check my, my email. Guys are like, you don't, yeah. And Rat wrote, hey, I know you're in M-Town. Were you in the explosion? And because I told, used to lie to my wife and tell her I was all in other time. places, right? All the fucking time. And all of a sudden, I get this scathing email. Hey, where are you at? Because you told me you were. At, I'm like, huh, dude, dude. And then all of a sudden, I get a message from Rat. Hey, man, just so you know, I sent the message. Your wife, uh, your your fiance read it, and he knew her. And he's like, she's really mad at both of us. And I'm like, <laughs> Thanks, dude. Dude. So I have a great story about that too. Um, so the you know the uh, the. The first part of my career was pretty, pretty awesome in the sense that, you know, I got deployed right away into, you know, combat theater and I lied to my parents, particularly my mom, about where I was. And I I did that like nonstop. She'd ask me where I'm at and I'd be like, oh, you know, we're, we're skydiving over in California or we're, uh, doing a, (laughs) (laughs) we're doing a, we're doing a dive trip down in Florida, whatever, you know, always, Always something somewhat plausible because yeah. I had to keep them all straight because yep. it was constant. But I was deployed for a long time <clears throat> during that time period. And um, one of my um, ex-girlfriends from high school caught a glimpse of me on like one of the primetime news. It was just a 
fucking faint glimpse of, oh, like through the camera period, like there are people and I was moving through a crowd and I got caught by her. She goes <coughs> to the house and she knocks on the door and she, my mom answers and she's like, Mrs. Um, do you know if Jeff's okay? Cause I saw him on TV and you know, there's all these people that got injured and I'm just wondering, she's like, Oh, he's fine. He called me. He's in California. She's like, uh, no, I, I think I saw him on this, you know? And so all of a sudden the next time I call, she just lit into me something that I'm like, um, I can't tell you where I'm at. I love you. Bye. Click. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So like I have a lie. I have a I got busted on my story, too, for trying to keep them. But back then, that was that was what you it, were it infor- to- you were told to do. Right? It was so- true. And on top of that, it was I, f- I always felt like like the less that she worried, the less I worried. Yes. Yeah. Because I can't. Yeah. I can't carry that bag. That was, and that was the other things that we learned. You know, like you don't want any extra baggage that you don't need. Going now, I range. tell my wife every trip I go on is dangerous because I don't want her cheating on me with a younger guy. Like, <laughs> I need you sitting home worried about me. Praying. <laughs> no, I love that. Okay, so um, wow, that's so. This is all. Yeah, you're right. This is moving fast. This is moving really fast. Like, so I want to circle back really quick to one thing. You have built, and I've I've had an opportunity to partake in this, but one of the things that I always admired about you is you are true to your word. You say you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and you publicize that. You publicize that. But what's the one thing that you do for yourself every day? Stay fit. I know it sounds silly. I work out. Like, I'm going to work out after this before we go to dinner. And yeah. I, I, uh, I honestly believe that the fitter I am, the longer I have on this earth. I feel that every day I don't work out. I'm taking seconds away from my life. If I smoke, I'm taking seconds away from my life. I don't drink a lot anymore because I used to think all the shit that I used to abuse yeah. and take for granted, I now kind of put on a whole different pedestal. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I tell people, I just did an article for Fit Muscle and Fitness. I will be the next Jack LaLanne. Ha! Minus being a, uh, he was a chiropractor in real yeah. life. I will be the next Jack LaLanne. I love that. Um, I challenge people all the time. I just had a 28-year-old challenge me to a push-up contest yes. at Rob O'Neill's place, and everybody's like, how'd you do? I'm like, well, I'm still wearing the crown, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I And I and guys are always like, I'm going to beat you today, and I always tell them at the end of the workout, you probably will beat me, but again, it won't be today because yeah. I just beat you. Yeah. Um, the only person that's given me a run for my money thus far who they broke it up was Andre Rush, the White House chef. No shit. And I won't, tell, I won't lie to you, Andre... I've I've called you out ten times. You were shaking like a dog shit in a peach tree at two hundred and seventy pounds. Them stopping that was the best fucking thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he does twenty two hundred push ups a day. Oh gotta, Jesus. But I will call out any man. But yes, I am I am true to my word. I think it's the one thing that um that that is still pure and can be I, it's easy to do that. I mean, it's it's so simplistic, and so many people don't do it. You know, um, our creed that we have for the project, the first line is, "I'm a man of my word. I make a promise and I keep it." Yeah. I mean, I've broken a lot of promises in in life. I won't lie to you, man. Yeah. I mean, to my wife, to my family. Yeah. Um, no more. You know what's so funny is like I remember um, people people would ask me to promise them something, and I'd be like, "I'm not I'm not doing that." Yeah. Because I am going to like I I drew a line in the sand. If I promise something, yeah, I will die yeah. on that hill. Yeah. If you go, you know, I'm going to go to Afghanistan and get into three battles. I'll promise you this: I'm going to do everything I can to come home because I really want to come home. For sure. I'm not going to promise you anything that but I yeah. will come home, yeah. but I'm going to promise to do everything I can to come yeah. home. Yeah. And you know what's funny is that that also has been 
rewarding as well as relieving Mm -hmm. because you know there's also this this notion that i don't want to hurt other people's feelings oh promise me that you're going to do this Mm, i don't have you know i i can't i i'm not going to promise you that because i honestly don't have the time to do that i don't have the time to to do whatever it is that you need me to do for yourself now what about this one right here what honey is she prettier than me (laughs) (laughs) you know what first of all Yes, Never. she's so much hotter than you. So it's like it's like the Star Wars theme. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. All of them are traps. So I always lead with that. I'm like, honey, I see. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> I'm like, I see what you're doing here, and I'm not going to fall. I'm not some you know young buck that is, you know, trying to impress you. But I, my my go to answer is this: Do you think she's hot? Sweetie, you never bring a woman to do. Uh, you never, I never look at a girl to do a woman's job. That's why I have you. And she's like, <laughs> good answer. You know, <laughs> say that. You know, I, I, my, like the way I'll sometimes answer that. I'm like, is that important to you? Yeah. Because you know, like, are you valuing your? Is 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 her value greater than your? Do your value? Stevie Wonder. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even see her. What are you talking about? No. But I, you know, what's funny is, um, oh, I think I kind of remember what we were going to talk about. It's like, um, oh, no, it's it wasn't it wasn't anything. Well, while I, you're thinking of that, let me let me backtrack to the my, one of my greatest accomplishments. Minus my wife, minus my kids, minus okay. the teams. Yeah. When you go to Navy boot camp now in Great Lakes, <gasps> two videos are shown. One before, one as you show up, one when you graduate. Okay. One of the seaman apprentice fighting a fire, saying that his goal one day is to be Navy SEAL. Yeah. This guy. No shit. And then me and my cries talking about what it's like to be a hero and how I am nothing compared to Bastone and all the other things. And it's funny because four kids in my block joined the Navy. Two of them were nukes. Two of them were just, you know, idiots like me. But um, (laughs) (laughs) they um, were like, Mr. Ray, Mr. Ray, we saw you in the video. And I'll tell you, I actually got a call from an admiral years ago. And he said, Petty Officer Care? I'm like, this is Ray Care. He's like, well, this is Admiral so-and-so. Oh, shit. You're, you know, BM. I was like, yeah, that's me. And he said, uh, once you to know I'm the blah, blah, blah recruiter for Great Lakes. And I said, well, nice to meet you, sir. And he goes, well, we really like the uh, stuff you have on YouTube. And we're making this you know, nationwide video. It's a, 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 a recruiting tool for yeah. the individuals that come to Navy and, you know, boot camp. And then when they graduate, he goes, and uh, we're going to use your information. And I said, wow, I'm honored. He goes, you have any questions? And I went, he goes, before you ask anything, you're not getting fucking paid. I said, no, sir, no questions. He hung up on me. That was it. <laughs> but of course, needs the Navy. But my point to this is when I bring it back and I'm joking, I've been, I've been, is if a person like me, kid that, and again, I, I know I'm hard on myself, Pedro's kids on me, not, not super educated. I mean, I can hold my own, um, doesn't have a lot of talent, a lot of heart. 90% of his life has been pain induced. If I can accomplish something like that, imagine what someone that is, and I know a lot of people have so much more than I do. I know it. Yeah. Because we all have it. Imagine what, what, not you, but what he could do or she could do or they could do. And I, I don't want people to say, well, you know, like, Look up to me for anything, but I want people to just use me as a stepping stone. Well, fuck, if that guy can do it, I can do it. I right. can, li- like, I, I'll, I'll carry the weight. Yeah. I don't mind being your stepping stone. Yeah. Like, if it's if it's going to move you up the ladder. But the people that, what infuriates me is people that, like, I had a shitty childhood. My parents didn't love me. Motherfucker, mine didn't. Yeah. I don't speak to my mother. Yeah. Um, But I married a woman that's so fucking hot, I got her tattooed on my arm. <laughs> um, um the th- horrible things that were done to me as a child, I don't do them to my kids. Yeah. I don't do them to my wife. So my point is, is listen up, ladies and gentlemen, you are in charge of your vessel. You are a, you are a vessel. 
Um, and from time to time, you're going to get off course and you need to self-correct or f- surround yourself with individuals who will help correct you. Yeah. Know your self-worth and your self-value. Stop fucking self-sabotaging yourself because I, alphas are the king of it. Like yeah. I'm and, and women, females, but humans are, I literally, you know, humans, you, you've read it, 60,000 thoughts, 48,000 of them are negative. Yeah. And it usually falls within your family, your fitness, your finances and faith. You know, if I can take one of those negative thoughts away every day, you know, that's, that's, that's a plus. Yeah. If I can make an impact every day, 1% better, it's an, it, it's, it's always a plus. I'm always looking how I can move the needle. Look at this in the right direction to success. And it's not, you know, it's not going fast. Yeah. Right. That's what I've, I've realized success yeah. doesn't happen overnight Man. unless you win the fucking lottery. And that's called luck. luck. That's all it is. That's all it is. There's no fucking skill in that. You know, and it's so funny too, because you, you see this a lot. Um, guys that want to try to maybe uh, follow in your footsteps is not the right way to put it, but everybody understands what I mean by that. But they also think that it's going to happen overnight and quickly. And I, I try to emphasize, I'm like, listen, there is no way that you're going to get to where I'm at as a firearms instructor in any less time. Maybe there is if you, like you said, you, you have more tools. Like we didn't have the tools that people have now, like social media and YouTube and things like that in the starting, in the beginning of my career. We didn't have that. So, yeah, maybe there are some that can do it. But my point is that you're not going to do it without putting in the work. You're not going to do it without actually making it a daily effort Oh yeah, to do the right thing. And that's the other thing. It's like, like I try to tell the boys this. It's, it's much easier to do the right thing than to deal with the pain from not doing it or doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And I know you get, I know we've talked about this before. You get these. I get I get hundreds of DMs a day. I want to be a Navy SEAL, but, mm. but, yep. and I tell people the only way that you have a shot, I'm talking a shot of being a Navy SEAL, of, uh, or having a shot of being whatever it is you want to be in fucking life, is you have to be the most relentless motherfucker Dude, on planet Earth. So true. You have to be ruthless with your intentions and your motives to be successful. It's so like, true. I had no, I have no fucking plan B. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I had no plan B yeah, yeah. with to become a seal. When, when I met Trish, there was no plan B. I was like, bitch. And I didn't call her bitch, but I was thinking you're going to be my wife. I told her in two weeks, you will be my wife, <laughs> but I am relentless in my yeah. pursuit of greatness. I will like, I am the Colonel Hal Moore. That's from, we were soldiers. If you watch the movie, the book is amazing. Yeah. Um, I am the first one on the fucking battlefield. And I'm the last one off and I will not fucking stop. That is the only reason I've gotten to where I am. Like, so true. Because I get it all the time. I, I want to be a Navy SEAL. I've been wanting to do this since I was 12. Well, how old are you? I'm 14. Uh, really? <laughs> or um, I watched this movie, I want to be a Navy SEAL. Or my favorite is, I don't know if I want to be a Navy SEAL or I want to be an SF or I want to be this. And I tell people, when you fucking know. You'll know. You know. Like, And that's the thing. First thing I tell people is stop wanting. I want to be a Navy SEAL. I want It's motherfucker you need. I need, I needed that woman in my life. I needed to be a Navy SEAL. Yes. I needed to work with Pedro's Colleen. I need to be in shape. And I am a ruthless fucking dog when it comes to it. I mean, yeah, I like if, if you told me right now, um, you're going to be better if you go over and have, and I know Tim Kennedy's like fucking 20 feet away from us to go over and have Tim Kennedy kick my ass. I'll do it. Yeah. And I'll keep coming back yep. to the point where Tim goes, I'm, I'm going to get better, but I'm still not going to beat him. He's going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, 
when I'm there, no, whenever I'm going against someone in the fight, and this is what people need to understand, they need to know you're there, man. Like, I am fucking, not physically, but I'm gouging eyes. I'm, pull, I'm doing whatever it takes because life is not about fucking being successful. I honestly think it's about surviving. Without a and doubt. And the better you survive, the better you will succeed, and right? The, and the more joy you bring to your life with the better oh of your, man. Of your I survival. Love, I love what I do. I get yeah. paid to fucking yell at people. You get paid <laughs> to teach people how to shoot. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking awesome. I, 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 you know, it's, and I love, like, I got asked <clears throat> this question a lot. Like, um, you know, what was the, what was the secret to making it through buds? What, what was the, uh, whatever the, the, the cheat code, if yeah. you will, whatever. And my response is every day you wake up and you say to yourself, not today. Yep. Not today. Today, I'm going to give it 100%. I'm not holding anything back. I'm going to give every evolution my all, and that's all I'm looking at. I'm looking at the day. And I even went uh, so far as to just look at one evolution at a time. Now, see, I, I, and everybody has their own systematic yeah. way. Me, I would pick the baddest motherfucker in class and say, when he quits, I'll quit. But when he would quit, I'd be like, he's Are a bitch. Sh- <laughs> Who's next? Yeah. But I found out in my class, I actually thought it was more. I thought 16 original. We were down to six original. What? We, well, we had 51 graduate, a lot of rollbacks and stuff, oh. but I was just running out of guys. Like, I was oh, like, yeah. And then after that, I'll just start picking fucking like, hey, when that sun fucking turns blue, you know, I mean, but <laughs> I like that. But. I do that a lot and I do a lot of self-reflection drills. I, gr- I do weekly AARs, which is an after action report, which yes. is kind of like a sit rep or kind of like a review of yourself for civilians on my family, my fitness, my finances and faith family. Am I good? For every avenues of being a man in my life, Love father, that. brother, yes. you know, whatever. Awesome. Fitness. Fitness is I grade myself on three aspects. I'm three dimensional, physical, mental, emotional, physical strength is like physical leadership. It's not enough. Leadership isn't anything. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's the, the phys, uh, excuse me, the family fitness finance, always trying to prioritize, strategize and monetize everything in my life. Everything. Yeah. Everyone. How can I create growth? And then the faith is the belief in my system, team care, trust, effort, attitude, mission. And I grade myself on that every fucking Sunday. And I try to have an AAR with my family, which is my wife and my daughter. Yeah. And I always want to know one thing that I did good. Yes. Two things that I can do better. Oh, man. And you know, it's so funny to hear you say that. It's like after we turn the cameras off, that's the first thing I'm going to ask you. I'm like, what I do good. What I do bad. Of course. What do I need? That's to, how, yeah. that's how you grow. Yeah. yeah, I know. But it's so funny to hear. It's like, I don't think people value like the art of the debrief, the art of self-reflection, the art of like if you're truly trying to improve yourself on a regular basis, why would it? But these are the people that are bitching about where they are in life and why they're not getting what they want. Just like I could have easily when Pedro was cooling and said, hey, man, you did a great job. Could have walked like, away. I literally was thinking to myself, and I went, bitch, I get paid $5,000, and you get paid fifty dollars to $100,000 to speak. I just reverse engineer everything. Like, it's so easy to just go, thank you. But yeah. it's like, no. If you're making this, and I want to make that, tell me how I can be better. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. The ego and attitude have to be left at the front Dude, door. So true. I mean, you know, like, I think that was a hard lesson for me to learn. When I walked into my first platoon, you know, here I was. Oh, I graduated buds. I'm, I'm, ah. Oh. You walk into your first platoon and you realize you are shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Sit over there. We'll tell you. What to do. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, the best advice, and I tell this to everybody I come across, was my sea daddy. He goes, hey, you got two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much. 
That was it. Like he said like six words to me. So I heard a true story. When you went through Buzz, they didn't even have scuba tanks. You just had to like hold air in your hands. <laughs> After class 170, they actually gave us tanks. Is that true? No, I'm kidding. But no, I agree with what you're saying. You know, yeah, I've heard that expression too. And I think the world needs to listen more, not hear, right? Hearing is oh, yes. when, when people it. hear. It. So the difference between listening and hearing is listening is absorbing. Um, really trying to grasp what's going on and, and retain the information. When someone hears you, they're normally, they're just waiting to step in and speak. Exactly. Right? Selective hearing. Like, I'll do that with my wife. I'll, I know she's not paying attention, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I'll be like, bitch. And she'd be like, what? <laughs> and I, I want to make this Busted. clear. I would I never say that to my wife. But I just test her out because as humans, we, we, we select what we want to hear. But what we need to do is we need to listen more, right? Eye contact, body language. Um, listening is the key to success. Um, listen more, talk less, and just absorb. Like, it got to the point when, you know, when I first started working for Bedros, and I'm going to pull this up, I know I shouldn't, I was going like this. When he would talk, I'd be doing this. And he's like, what are you doing? One day he ripped the phone out of my hand. I said, I'm taking notes. He's like, bro, you got this thing called voice memo. So now I just hit record, <laughs> and I record the message, and I go back. But what I do, that's my audio that I listen to when I drive, oh, nice. and I dissect it. So I have, I mean, I have like 100 of them. How to make more money, how to do this, how to close a sale, how to do this, how to do this. I love that. I learn from the best. And awesome. then what I do is I'll listen to this for a while, and then Bedro sits on his white couch in his big office and goes, go. And I sell him, and he's like, no. It's like, here you go. Garbage. Do it again, Airborne. That's exactly what it's like. Oh, my right? God. Two weeks of learning how to fall down. All I'm doing is learning how to do whatever it is he wants me to do. But I love it. I mean, I get flustered. I get frustrated. Calm down, Ray. You know, but what? And it just, he's an asshole. But he has to be. He's, but he does it because he loves me and he's making me better. He's not doing yeah. it in front of people. Oh, of course not. Right? Yeah. It's in enclosed space. Sometimes he'll video me to watch me get flustered. And it's just like, but these are, these are million dollar lessons that people could do, Yeah, you know? Um, and the, the biggest advice I could say, if you have fear to do something, yeah. do it. Yeah. Like public speaking. Most 90% oh, dude, of the world man. scares, like dude. there's people that, that talk shit. They won't get on these. Get on it. Yeah. Attack it. Yeah. What's going to happen? You're going to suck and you're, but you can, I, when I first That's spoke, I did so bad that Jason Redmond said, hey, man, you can't get any fucking worse. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we've, we've got a starting point, right? We no can, place to go but up. But after like 20 of them, you know, compared to his 400, he's like, dude, you're just not even the same animal. It's so true. And I, you know, sometimes there's a common, I think, for a lot of people, it's that fear yeah, that really holds everybody down. And it's a fear of so many things, fear of failure, fear of being shamed, fear of not living up to somebody's expectation. There's all this fear that is preventing you from actually enjoying your life. I found that speaking in front of students was work. It was work. And I looked at it like work. But when I started to do it for, for my own self-worth, when I started to do it as a business, I found it to be incredibly enriching to me it, it, it brought me joy and so that that period where I was like oh, you know I, I don't want to do this I'm not happy with doing this when um and it wasn't that I wasn't happy doing it in the Navy but when I transitioned out of the Navy I didn't want to do what I was doing in the Navy I want to do something else but then I found myself doing what I did in the Navy and 
I looked at it from a different perspective. Now I'm looking at I'm doing this now for me, whereas back then I did it for the mission. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing it for me, yeah. and I'm doing it for my own self growth, and it brings me happiness and it brings me joy. So, I, I man, I the biggest encouragement I have for people is like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fall down, yeah. get back up. I, I you know I did a video uh, uh, podcast with uh, Nick Bear uh, not too far ago, and I tell people, yeah. man, and I say it over and over again, I I fail all the time, yeah. Um, but I won't quit, right? I, and I, I this is the one thing: failure is not an option if you are physically, mentally, emotionally redlining yourself, you will fail. I I fail all the time. Um, My my wife brought up an amazing point. She said, you only win and learn in life. You only lose if you quit. I'm not a quitter. And the the best advice I can give any human being is if you haven't quit, don't start. And if you have, don't do it again. And people say it's not that easy. The fuck it's not. My wife watched one episode of Joe Olstein. God bless Mr. Joe. And she stopped smoking. He literally gave her a tool to, to do it. You can program yourself to do anything. and But it all starts with believing in yourself. She believed she could do it versus you see it all the time with people like with shooting. They can't hit the broad side of a barn. Hey, listen, you got to believe in yourself. Got to believe in the trigger finger. Next thing you know, boom, they're fucking wide up shooting, right? Um, so true. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. So, um, you know, you are building a legacy in your career and your like your path that you're taking right now. Trying. You are. You're doing it. I'm I'm a, I'm here to tell you that. Thank you, brother. What is what what does the future hold for you? We've talked about your past and your present, yeah. but what about your future? What are you looking at? What's what's on the horizon? And you know, if we're going to be make a fun of it and then I'll get serious, I, I want statues made of me because <laughs> I've, I've made such an impact on this world, but um my future is obviously with my family is I want to be the best father, husband, you know, provider, protector, lover to my wife. And I don't mean that like in a derogatory way that I can. As far as myself, I want to be as fit as I can for as long as I can. And okay. for the legacy, carrying on the legacy, um, I just, I honestly think like, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you talk. I know your your girl's name, but I'll say my. I'm not going to say your lady's name on the air if you don't want me to. Totally um, fine. She's, yeah. So, my wife made an impact in my life. Yeah, there have been, you know, I know your girl is not the only woman you've ever been with. Yeah. There have been many others. Yeah. So how I look at things and how I am and what I want to do is is I look. I call it the meteorite. Um, all the women and all the things in your life that you forget about were meteor showers and they burnt up in the atmosphere. But every now and then, this one fucking meteor, yeah. whatever that pertains to, yeah. right? The symbolism, your girl, your children, your whatever. Yeah. They're so big, so powerful that they come through, they don't burn off and they hit, they hit the earth and the earth, the symbolism is you and they make an impact. I want to be that fucking meteor right now that. in father and sons. Yeah. Um, I do corporate training and I do this this 75 hour program and I am focusing on building a new generation of men who are actually old school, who believe yes. in opening a car. I, old school is the best school. I love right? it. And um, being a protector, being a provider, being a hunter, being a gatherer, but also being loving, kind, nourishing. Um, in order to be a man, you have to be the whole fucking package. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Being a husband, being a father, being a warrior, being anything that has a title, it's a fucking privilege. Without a it's, doubt. It's, it's not a given. You're not, just because you're a man, you're, right? I, I, this is what I tell the young men, and I, I, don't, I don't mean I got to be careful when I say this. 
just because you have a dick doesn't mean you're not a pussy. And people go, what's that mean? But let me refer what a pussy means, right? Excuse me. It means if you're not treating women with respect, if you're losing your temper, if you're bullying people, if you're not a man of your word. My definition of a pussy is someone who is not withholding that obligation of what a youth, whatever being a male role model in society is. I get a lot of kickback from that, but when I explain it to a woman, they're like, wow. So she's like, well, what do I have? I'm like, you're a woman. Just so you know, you have the greatest honor on planet Earth. Every human being has come through your legs into yeah. this fucking world. Yeah. So men, you better treat your women like queens. Like, yeah. I mean, I love my wife. Um, like, you and I can have words. You can tell me on this and that. I'll be fine. But as soon as someone talks to one of my girls, yeah. just like... There's a whole different as a whole different me because I owe that to her because she is my queen yeah. and she is what makes the world go around with me. My job as a man is to protect and provide. But my job as like I said, I, I want to be the legacy fucking the legacy God. Um, yeah. I want to leave such a big impact that literally when I die, people are like are going to be using my techniques and my 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 raw, I guess. Um, enthusiasm to make a difference. Like I want to be the most contagious fucking thing on planet Earth. Um, See, that's that, it. That, but that that to me matters. That's impacting, and that's why I love that question because you know if you maintain the same trajectory, there's no reason why that can't happen. Yeah, that's the key. You well, know? I won't let anything steer me off course. Nothing. And, Nothing. And, you know, I and I I'm so glad that you were bring you brought up the ladies because. You know, I am very grateful that, uh, and I, I don't, Jamie, I talk about her on the you show. You have no business being with her. She's yeah, so hot. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, you know. And, and um, But, uh, <laughs> you know, I feel, and I know that this is probably a taboo subject of sorts in today's world, and but it, I'm talking about it from my perspective, mm-hmm. from, from how it has impacted me. But she has brought to me a sense of of balance. She has created, you know, she, she the, like the yin and yang that you mentioned yeah, earlier. She has brought that balance to me uh, that was was lacking or not not complete. And what I what I when I hear you talk about being the provider and the protector, or I hear you talking about old school, or I hear you talking about um, you know the the little things that men of lore did for their ladies. You know, that is that is an important thing to me to see passed down to future generations of men, because I feel like we have, you know, we've lost a little bit of that in today's society. And that matters to me. I want my sons to treat their ladies in the way that I look and, and, and treat my lady. I want them to do that because it's not because it's what their dad did, because it's the right thing to do. I think the world's dis- it's it's distorted. Like case in point, right? When I was a kid, you get pulled over a police officer. You turn off the car. You roll down the windows. You put your hand out, and you just yes sir, yes sir. Look at me, boy. Yes sir, yes sir, yes yeah. sir, yes sir. Right? And you got yelled at and all the way off. Nowadays, my favorite videos were the one where the police officer told the lady, "If you get out of the car, I'm gonna tase you." He told her this three times. She got out of the car. He tased her, and she acted surprised. <laughs> but my point is, is people just don't respect. There's the things that. that they used to respect and everybody and it infuriates me like I I when I, a police officer pulls me over now I got that new Dodge TRX and sometimes I drive fast sometimes. he's like oh th- this isn't your this first time I'm like no sir my my stepfather's a police officer and uh, I do a lot for the veteran and LEO community 
Um, he goes, is that supposed to get you out of a ticket? I said, no, I'm just talking to you man to man. And then usually we talk and I get out of it unless I'm doing something crazy. But, and then I thank them. I mean, I've even gotten a ticket from a police officer before and said, thank you. Yeah. The guys like, are you being a smart ass? I'm like, no, thank you. For your job. Thank you for doing what you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do. Yeah, no doubt. Like, um, I, I brought up, I have a lot of friends that are in the NFL. Um, I just talked to one of my buddies from the Buffalo Bills today and I said, LEOs, school teachers, uh, military, they should be getting NFL salaries. Yeah. They should be getting salaries and they should be commended on what they do instead of like teachers now are scared to even tell kids to stop doing something because they're going to get sued. Here's what I tell parents. If you don't like, if you don't like the school system, homeschool, quit your job at homeschool. It's an option. It is a privilege to have teachers out there doing, it's a privilege to have law enforcement. It's a privilege to have people that put on the cleats of freedom, no matter what it is, and defend this great effing nation. I won't F with the, with this. Um, that's why I've got the flag tattooed on me. And if we don't change something soon, mm. I honestly think America, we're just going to implode. Well, it's so true. I think Abraham Lincoln said it, that uh, America will, it will bring, the only thing that can bring down America is herself, yep. our, our, our own people. And, you know, my hope too, my, my one sincere hope is that projects and programs that, like that, that you are involved in, that you are doing, become the norm, become more popular, become kind of like the the framework for future generations of men. And I hate to say, it, but it's almost going to take like uh, a lot of that to happen before we kind of right re, I guess, correct our course from where we're at. Because I mean, the other thing too that people really don't realize is that you know we didn't get here overnight. It took it took decades for us to get yeah. here, and. The, the work that you're putting in is going to affect people in this little group that will hopefully expand to this bigger group that will hopefully expand to this bigger, bigger group. And, bef- and But that's going to take time. That's going to take time. Um, I got on that rant because I wanted to ask you another question. But now I want to ask you a different question because you said something earlier and I was like, ooh. I'm all over the fucking place. Go that's ahead. okay. So my question to you, and, and it was like about five, four or five minutes ago that you said this or that you were uh, on the subject. What are your thoughts um, if, like, 17-year-old Ray were here right now, mm-hmm. would 17-year-old Ray join the Navy in today's Navy, in today's situation? Or would 17-year-old Ray have to get the COVID shot? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly where they stand right now on. I don't either, but this is what I do know. I am in charge. Listen, we all stood in line getting the shots and the shots and oh, the yeah. shots and shots. Um, 17-year-old Ray doesn't like the path of things or the way things are going with the military yeah. and society. I don't know what the 17-year-old Ray would do. Back then, 17-year-old Ray was honored yeah, to be a part a of something. But I think things were held on a different spectrum and a different level and a different platform back then. Like it was an honor just to join the Navy. Like, I mean, it was a privilege. Now it's like, it's people. And again, I know for me, I I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. I was voluntold to do it, but I was looking at the military anyway, but instead of waiting a year, I literally said, Hey, I need to leave in two weeks. And they were like, okay. (laughs) So, but I honestly don't know how to answer that question. If I had to take the COVID shot, no, I will not let someone, mass produce something without test and it's been proven to hurt people oh, yeah. put in my body now 
With that being said, if I was a 17-year-old and had no other options and had to provide for a family, fucking inject away. Yeah. Because I'm a man that will provide for my family. So, but if I had options, probably not. No. The the question I think was, you know, and we could take a COVID, we could take the COVID scenario or COVID situation out of the scenario, and just looking at the military in general, would you feel comfortable joining the military? Now? I would still want to be a Navy SEAL. Yes. Yeah. Um, because even though we've tried to do a couple of things, that I don't agree with with some things. And yeah. I'm not going to get into that. Um, their reputation, their legacy, their hall rep, which is you know just their reputation as a whole, is something that I wouldn't be a part of. I mean. I would join any brand. I mean, I love the Air Force. I love, yeah. you know, the, I love, actually, truth be told, when I first started, I wanted to be a PJ. Nice. Um, but yeah. they were like, you're not even in a fucking ballpark with the brains. <laughs> um, but then that's when I read the pamphlet about Navy SEALs, and I was like, this is, Yeah. I was drawn to it, man. Yeah, I yeah. used it, like, I was like, this, that's it. Yeah. And when he told me I couldn't do it, I was like, just, it's, that's just someone else in my life telling me I can't do something, I'm going to prove him wrong. And I... Like I said, I loved proving people wrong. Now I love proving myself right. I love. I it. love that change, by the way. Yeah. That little. It, 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 I know it's subtle, but it's empowering. You know, and, and with with regards to the Navy, my um, my you know, if somebody asked me the same question, which that question was a uh, a question that was posed by one of the members of the uh, AR15.com forum. So we posted up on the forum, "Hey, who's got questions for Ray?" And that was one of the questions: Would he join the Navy? Would he join today's Navy? And the way I and I before I even was willing to ask you that question, I had to ask myself that question and answer my question, my own question. I didn't feel like I didn't want to bring that question on the air if I wasn't willing to answer. Now that what question. the fuck was your answer, motherfucker? Same. Yeah, I, mean, I would do it. I would do it, too, because and, and my my reasonings were um, I didn't understand like 17 year old Jeff joining the Navy wanted to do it because he wanted to be the very best that he could be. And and that's that hasn't changed. That ha- yeah that that, that so, hasn't changed. Yeah. I would still want to do it. And and I tell people this as well. Change happens from within. Yeah. You know. So if if I'm not happy with the Navy, I can bitch and moan about it, or I can you know raise in the ranks to a position of power, position of authority, and make changes. That's my option too. So, you know, 17 year old Jeff wanted to do the very best, wanted to be the very best that he could be. That wouldn't change. And my right mission now. statement, or yeah. my, or, you know, or the commander's intent has not changed yeah. since I was 17. Yeah, absolutely. I still want to be the best. So yeah. if, you know, depending on my options, like I, I, I went to community college. College wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to college. I think there are certain professions where you need to go to college. Without a doubt. But for me, I was like, it's a no brainer. Military will pay for me to go to college. Huh. I can, if you know. I can try something. My goal is to be a Navy SEAL. All I got to do is work hard and I can, you know, as long as I don't get injured, I can do this. Yeah. I get three free me- uh, three meals. I get a place to sleep and yeah, it was I nice. get a paycheck. <laughs> I was like this. Dude, I remember I used to get like 300 bucks every two weeks and I thought that was awesome back in the... I had, uh, I had a married roommate. So on the weekends... Always gone. He yeah. was gone. At the end of the day, he was always gone. I had the place to myself. I was like living like a king, man. Yeah. I was awesome. I, I mean, I look back at the that time period and... You know, I know that it, I know it impacts everybody a little differently, but to me, oh man, dude, I love that. I I did. I I enjoyed it. It was hard as hell. It challenged me in ways that I never thought I'd be challenged. Like I knew, you know, you're yeah. going in there, you're going to be challenged. But, but it doesn't really like it's just you don't appreciate it until you experience yeah. the challenge. And for me, I guess it's a real. An- it, the answer is an easy yes because I'm super compartmentalized. I'm not a very big. I don't I don't focus on religion. I don't focus on politics. I just focus on the task at hand and the task at hand at 17 and now is I want to be the best. Yeah. And at the time I was told Navy SEAL training 
is the hardest training on planet Earth. And again, for all you other guys, I know your training's hard as shit, um, but that's what I was told by the recruiter. And then when he told me I couldn't do it, man, I got a raging hard on. I was like, oh yeah, this is this, <laughs> this is, is what I need. This is bring it, bring but, it. But it was like I've I walked into my destiny. Yeah. I, I literally, it like smacked me in the face going into the recruiters over Westminster, Maryland. I mean, I've gone back there a couple of times and they got a picture of me up there. Like I'm a poster, like, <laughs> will you sign it? I'm like, you're damn right. I will. Yeah. I absolutely. am proud. I am proud of the Navy made me who I am, but also, but that was infused. That's incorporated with the pain. Yeah, right? it is. And what you always hear me say when I do these courses and everything is I tell people that you're welcome. That's my, I have another book I want to write called you're welcome. You're welcome for the pain and the honesty yeah. and the nastiness that I bring to the table. I, and I won't apologize. Well, you know, first of all, I, like, that's who you are. Why would you apologize yeah. for who you are? Yeah. You know, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, you said something earlier, and I wanted to comment on it, too. Like, when somebody, you know, like, uh, during Veterans Day, when you, you know, when everybody's thanking you for being a veteran, you know, my comment has always been the same, which is it was always my honor. Yeah. It's always my honor to serve, to be a, to to walk amongst giants yep. and be amongst legends, and to do the job, and to do it, and to be challenged, and to and 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 to continue to be challenged. You know, like there's a legacy that I think we all carry with us, which is to to continue to lead in our own ways, yeah. even outside of the military service. And I'm I'm grateful for that lesson that I learned early on. Um, a couple more questions here. Let me ask you this one. This is going to be a good one. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with failure? Not well. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, not well at all, man. Yeah, yeah, oh, shit. Yeah. You got me up against the best I, for last. Fuck, I knew it was going to come. <laughs> How do I deal with failure? Um, well, failure with me is, is all about decision making. It's a three-step process for me. I okay. ask, make, and take, right? Ask what's the problem, make a decision, um, Ask, make, and then I, t I take action. In the SEAL teams, we used to say analyze, assess, execute. Yeah. Right? Um, so what I do is when I fail at something, I ask, okay, what was the original you know, outcome of what I did? Then what I need to do is I need to make a decision on am I going to, and I will, I always, how can I reattack this, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a million ways. Listen, if there's a million ways to skin a fucking cat, I'm going to skin a million ways till I, uh, till I skin it. And then the the key the key element to this is I take action. Um, I'll get I, here. I'll put it in perspective. One of the only courses I fucking failed. I hate telling team guys this. <laughs> free fall jump master. Oh wow. Jam PI's got me. So that's where you have to do these checks on yeah. individuals. And back in the day, we didn't have the dummies. We had live people. That's what they did. Um, I don't know when you went through, but at Yuma, that's what I had. I didn't have a dummy. I had a live person. Yeah. Um, and I failed. And I studied my ass off. And I was told that I was going to go right back. And fucking do it. Well, yeah. I worked under Doc Fullerton, who was a legend in the oh SEAL team. Oh, my God. And Mike Fullerton said, you know what? I'm going to send you back after you go to SEER school. Shit. Like, I mean, which I'll go to any school you want, but it ended up taking me six months to go back. And so he was like, what are you going to do different than you did last time? I said, well, senior, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't going out on the weekends. I'm just going to have to, now that I have understand, you know, proper fit, two screws, snap, shackle, ring. I still know it all. Yeah. Um, I said, I'm going to retain as much as I can, go back and just work harder. Because he said, if you don't make it again, don't come back to the platoon because you're going to lose your trident. Oh, wow. So um, I had to ask, okay, what did I fail on? I had to make a decision. What am I going to do, right? And it was like when the guys wanted to go to Coronado or do something. Nope. Not even like on the free weekend that I had. Nope. And then I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to pass this course. Shit you not, when I spun the guy around for the for the combat uh, 
equipment. He fucking fell down. I jumped right on him and kept going. <laughs> it was like I rodeoed him, but it's a true story. Um, but I don't deal with it well, and I'll tell you why, because I'm my best and my worst critic. Without a doubt. Um, and if you are, I am re- relentless and ruthless with myself. Man. I demand perfection, and I know there's no such thing. Yeah, yeah. But I accept progression. Yeah. Right? I demand, I, I, I want, but it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I want to be perfect. No one's perfect. Um, but I'm hard on myself. I mean, I talk to myself sometimes in a third fucking person. I pace. Yeah. Um, Dude. It's, it's, sometimes I'll go up and, you know, I'm not getting in the fetal position crying like in the shower, but um, I'm really hard on myself. But what I like to do that helps me is I write like how I'm feeling, my emotions, um, energy level. And then what I try to do is I journal a lot. Right. So if I fail at something, what I do is I'll look back like a week and see if there's anything I fucking change from the week before. Am I eating something different? Am I going to bed different times? Am I mm. doing this? Um, because we are creatures of habit by nature. And we have a rhythmic pattern for success and failure. Yeah. So like if I'm eating out a lot, then right, I'm not going to be making the right, uh, the quick thoughts if my sleep's off, if I'm not it's getting true. some good loving from mama because, you know. When you pissed you, her off again? Well, yeah, but you know, when, when a man is satisfied, he is running on different, different cylinders, yeah, yeah. better cylinders. So all I do is I look, okay, what led up to this? Was it lack of preparation? Was it lack of this? Was it lack of that? And then all I do is I take that date and I go, okay, it's got to be accomplished by this day. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I'm not doing this, this, and this, and I will fucking attack that hill. That's my mind, my, I attack the hill mindset. I attack it and I will keep attacking this fucking hill until I pass it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll fail some, I, I fail all the time. Yeah. I want to make that very clear to everybody. Um, you will fail. Yeah. You failed. I failed. Yeah. The difference between, and I'm going to just use team guys because I, I'm looking at one right now is. We just don't quit. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's times when I should have thrown in a towel and I just won't quit. Yeah. Man, dude, I tell you, one of the things that I try to get across to people is like, um, quitting, quitting is an option. Quitting is a choice. You make that choice. When I saw the kids that were looking to, uh, ring out, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a choice as an instructor. I could try to talk to them and see what was, uh, you know, could I persuade them maybe to change their nope, mind? I won't do it. And I will tell you, I never did. And I, you shouldn't. I, well, and it was funny because there were some kids that I liked. You get, you, it's hard, you know, you get to know them in that, uh, you know, we had 10 weeks in third phase to get to know these kids. And some of them I had high aspirations that they were going to make good team guys. And and it's a, you know, it's a snap decision perhaps on my part, but then they do something and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then they're, they're quitting. And quitting, training, die in battle. Well, it's true. I'm not going to have it. I... I got to the point where I do not want to influence their decision for that reason because I will not be there with them yep. in the times that I need them to be hold the line. So I changed my perspective on that. Um, and I'm glad that I did because I feel like that produced a better product. And I always felt like, you know, my job there at the at the center was a gatekeeper. I was responsible for who made it through to the next stage. Yeah. So I took that really seriously, sometimes too seriously. I understand. I got in trouble many times. But um, and it's funny, too. I got a Mike Fullerton story. I got to tell you, I, I love oh that God. guy. Oh, my God. I loved him. He was a he was our uh, he was a first class at this time. But he was responsible for all of the um, medical training that we went through during STT. And he was at four when I was there. And I remember um, we were doing 
the IV training and we were in the classroom there at SEAL Team 4 and we had, you know, stations set up with guys and, uh, you know, you would stick one another and then whatnot and everything's going great, right? My, um, my guy comes in, he sticks me, he gets everything he needs, it's running, Mike looks at it, he gives him the okay, you're good to go, you know, give it about five minutes, pull it out and then you rotate. So when it was my turn to rotate, you know, and you practice a couple times, you know, before you get a chance to do this. But we didn't have all the cool toys or tools, I should say, they mm. have now, like the real, you know, yeah. the actual body stop. So um, when it was my turn and my guy was a corpsman, too. So I was like, oh, fuck, I got the corpsman. He's going to nail me. I'm not going to have any issues. Right. So, Big veins. yeah, when okay. it was my turn, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's sitting there and I remember his name, Dave Holmdahl. He's sitting there and the power goes out the team area. And it's dark and and we all stop. It's just stopped. And and Mike was like, What, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing? We're like, Well, there's no light. He's like, Oh, you oh, I see. You're only gonna operate in the daytime. I get it. You're never gonna have to stick somebody at night. Uh shit. So that was probably the most painful day painful sticks that Dave ever had to do, you know, be a be a subject for. I must have missed him like three times. And Mike is over there watching me. That's not helping, by the way. And He's like, he's like, yep, this is going to suck for your guy. <laughs> he's watching me the whole time. And then finally, I remember, I can't remember what he said to me. He said something, and it was like a cue to remind me about how to do the angle. I think it was the angle that I was a taking to get the needle in wasn't the right angle. And he just cued me to that and poof, got it. Easy day. Got the splash, set it up. Everything was good. And after that, you know, he's like, uh, I, he was he he had everybody. He was like going round. He was like you couldn't do your stick until he came to you in the in the little circle. So when the lights went out, he was on me. So as he gets up to move to the next guy, the lights come back on. So I was the only one who got a stick in the middle of the dark. And so he came up to me and he's like, "You have no idea how valuable that was for you and how much that's going to help you in the future." I know that everybody didn't get a chance to do it. And, you know, it, you sucked at it. <laughs> that was the other thing he said. He's like, you sucked at it, but it was so incredibly valuable. And after that, man, I, I, every time I saw him, um, I always remembered the uh, like that little just that little vote of confidence that he gave me mm -hmm. to being able to stick. Because, I mean, that's not an easy thing, sticking somebody with an IV. Um, but so, I, so ever glad he was my platoon chief. No way. And I have an IV story that I'll tell you offline because oh, no. they, they probably shut you down here. <laughs> okay. Fair for enough. It, but fair bottom enough. line, I'll leave it at this and let the audience think if you have a big vein anywhere, <gasps> oh, shit. you can stick, um, an IV in it. Yeah. And it will go black. <laughs> fair enough. I still have the picture. Oh my God. All right. Well, let's start wrapping things up. Yeah. Um, I got one final question. All right. All right. Here it is. You thought the last one was hard. What is the biggest takeaway you want our listeners to walk away with? Ooh. Um, <coughs> well, it's kind of a two-part thing. Number one um, is you have to believe in yourself. Um, you ha This journey is only going to happen if you believe in yourself. Um I know society, you, everybody thinks they have friends and they have supporters, but when the lights go off and someone's got to do the stick, let me use this, it's just you. Yeah. It's just you, right? No one's there to help you. Um, and the one commonality that we all share on planet Earth, and this is why I love it, is pain. And no matter what pain you're going through, you're not alone. And depending on what pain it was, 
it may not have been your fault. And the one thing that I can wholeheartedly express is do not allow your past to dictate who you are or what your future will be. If horrible things happen to you, that does not give you the right to be a vessel to harm others. That should be the wake up call for you to be the vessel that helps other people. That's what happened to me. Like I took the beatings and the abuse and all the physical and mental and emotional and all the other abuses there are so that I could, I feel like I was doing the world a service by doing that. Um, I'm doing, and I, my goal is, is to make sure as many people as I can reach out to touch and you know, whatever. I know guys like touch. Yeah. Many people as I can physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually, um, touch, I want them to pass that word around and know that if horrible things happen to you, it's not your fault, right? It's not your fault. I don't blame anybody on planet Earth if they've had a shitty, shitty upbringing and if they're not where they want to be. But after listening to this podcast, right, with Jeff, if you don't make change, I hold you 1,000% accountable for who you are, where you are in your life, and why you're not where you want to be. Because change happens by getting up off your ass and creating motion, movement, and change. Doing nothing, sitting on the couch, all that's going to do is put unwanted uh, weight on your ass. And I will tell you this, the worst thing a person can have is time to think. I don't think, I do. I I, I think in small blocks, small chunks, and then I attack. I attack everything I have. Micro, macro goals, I attack. Once that's over, I do it again. I do it again. I do it again. I do this every day. And I'm going to finish up with this. Average human being has um, 18 hours, 18 to 20, you know, depending on what you're doing, 18 to 16 hours a day to do two things because average human sleeps six to eight hours, give or take. You can either kick ass or get your ass kicked. I've been, I've had my ass kicked most of my life, and I'll tell you this right now, I don't like it. (laughs) I prefer to kick ass, but I'm doing it with dignity and style. And I'm making that impact. I don't want to be impressive. Impressive is you're going to forget who she is. You're going to forget who that person was in two months. Making an impact is affecting someone's life in such a manner that when the shit hits the fan, they are going to think you. I get it all the time. Ray, when I was down on my luck, I heard your voice going, come on, motherfucker, one more. (laughs) I love that. Or, hey, don't be a bitch. Be the bitch. Right? People go, what's that mean? Being a bitch is calling you a bitch. Yeah. But being a, the bitch is you become intellectually sound, trainable, communicator, and hard as fuck. Yeah. Become the bitch of your life and stop being a bitch. Love that. Oh, hell yeah. And that's not pertaining to women. That's everybody on planet Earth because I love and hate everyone equally. Cause I love that part too. My wife is like, do not call me a bitch. I'm like, can I call you the bitch? She's like, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, um, where can people learn more about you and the programs that you're involved in? Yes. All this stuff. All right. So the main, the two main hubs are on Instagram, raycashcare.com. I got the blue check. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of fake accounts out there. For sure. Um, you can hit me up at raycashcare.com and you can book me for certain things. If you're interested in my 75-hour program, the fully immersive kick in the balls, this is for men only. I apologize. It would be mdkproject.com slash horizontal slash not dash slash ray our father-son program which is for males um, and we also will provide a male role model for a single mom if she doesn't have one love that for your son between the ages of 11 and 16 is squire s-q-u-i-r-e program.com do i need to do the sierra do i need to do that or okay 
And then last is I do my corporate training. We come to companies and we give a rated PG version of the triple X, you know, the rawness of the project. And we make, we make companies and communities shoot, move and communicate, be the tier one operator and learn how to incorporate, right? The three L's of leadership, which are lead, listen and learn, teamwork, problem solving, leadership, communication. It goes on and on. And that falls under the LTD, that's Lima Tango Delta LTD. Lima, yeah. Uh, sorry, making sure I got <laughs> Training.com, the LTD training.com. Love it. That's how you found me, Jeff. I love it. Okay. All right, folks. Well, that's a wrap. I want to thank you, Ray, for coming on the show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the support that we've been getting. I want to thank the sponsors and I want to thank the men and women holding the line. Mm-hmm. Check all the previous podcasts by visiting thebulletproofworkshop.com. You can learn more about me and training opportunities by visiting tridentconcepts.com. Until then, I'm Jeff Gonzalez, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Workshop podcast. Take care and stay safe.